With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Hope you are doing good and hope uh, you're having a wonderful day. Um, before we go, please hit subscribe. Please um, share the episodes if you love them. And go check out some old ones. We've got some really good guests. Um, pretty proud of it. So we are going... We've got, we've got a lot of episodes going, so you can fully like dig deep into this podcast now, which I'm proud of. And thank you for everybody that's listened. It, it means the world. Um, podcast time. And this one is going to be a good one for you. Um, Mochak, he, Brazilian DJ producer. Um, he's been doing it a very long time. However, not so long ago, things took a turn for him and he blew the hell up um on tiktok and then he blew the hell up on instagram um i'm pretty sure if you listen to this podcast you've probably heard of mojack um and his music is amazing and he just how he holds himself as a dj is always been like really well and really authentic to him. I spoke to him briefly on text over the like last like six months. Um, but this was the first time I got to sit down with him and have a really good conversation. And it, it was a conversation that I wasn't expecting. It was really a really good conversation. Um, so I'm just going to leave it there and let you guys listen. So without further ado, Mojack. What's cooking, Mojack? Yo, yo, how you I, doing, man? Big I, pleasure to, to talk with you. Likewise. <laughs> can I call you can I call you Pedro? That, that's your real name. Yeah, right? yeah, sure. Yeah, sick. Pedro. How are you, man? I'm good. A little bit tired. I can, end of the year was a little hectic. Yeah. I can imagine. Where are you right now? I'm in Sao Paulo, my the, the place where I live. Yeah. Um, I'm that- actually at one of my partner's house. Cool. Uh we were doing a meeting earlier, then we went out to, mm. to lunch and to, to meet some other 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 guys and then got back Come to back. the to the H quarter headquarters H- to HQ. to finish finish it off afterwards. Sick <laughs> man. Um, you're from Brazil, right? Yeah, I know nothing about you, so I'm just gonna ask a load of random questions, and we're probably just like uh, start moving into like the conversations. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, whereabouts in Brazil are you from? Um, I'm from Sorocaba. It's okay. a city kind of like countryside of mm-hmm. a, a little bit more inwards from Sao Paulo, like one hour and a half. It's not that far. Um, but I live in Sao Paulo for the last six or seven years already. Yeah. I moved here to, to college and stuff. Oh, cool. How's your English so good? Uh, YouTube. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I grew up watching YouTube and yeah. everything on YouTube. Yeah. Like all types of content. And it, it was mostly in English. Yeah. So I, I just... YouTube and music from trying to sing the songs that I liked. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, because you're like super into hip hop, I take it, from what I gather. And most hip hop that you, you're you referencing is like classic 90s, mm-hmm. early 2000s hip hop, right? 
Yeah, that's what what hits me more. Like the I I just the the boom bap, like you know, like the simples, the 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 soul stuff. Dude, like, it, it has a little bit more jazz than nowadays. Oh, dude, I get it, man. I, that grabs me too much. Like, I I listen to quite a lot of hip hop, um, but I'm I guess I'm like I'm a fan of hip hop, but I'm not really like a digger of hip hop. Like, I don't know the like mm-hmm. the like real underground old hip hop stuff. I know the like the classic mm-hmm. stuff, but I love it. But the new hip hop, I like one of my I'm, I live in Detroit, and um. One of my best mates, he owns a hip hop club out here, and I don't know if oh, you've nice. been. I don't know if you've been to Detroit, but it's like yeah, once for for an after party of movement. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's super fun. So it's, yeah, so it's an interesting city. It's like, but hip hop's a huge scene here. But the yeah. the new hip hop that they're playing in these clubs, I'm just like I. I sound like an old man, but I just can't get with it. I'd much rather listen to the old shit because it just, for me, it has so much and more I, soul. For me too, like, but but actually a, a curiosity is yeah. I've, I've been like going going towards the, the, the scene in Brazil about hip hop and there's a thing that they're calling a Detroit beat now. Mm-hmm. And it's like more modern, a little bit different from the pre- previous like styles of trap that were yeah okay, were yeah, more yeah. like hyped up and, and and now it's like a kind of a different groove the rhythmics are a little bit different mm-hmm. and like they're calling it a D- detroit beat now and and it's like going everywhere like all the guys are trying to do detroit beats now it's really <laughs> it's the thing i like about hip-hop is that it or it has so many like obviously house and electronic music has loads of like unique genres but like it like with hip-hop you seem to have these like really like something happens like a sound happens and then it gets super popular and then it like evolves very very quickly like trap didn't trap didn't last that long in the grand scheme of things right if we compare it to like house techno tech house like in the Mm -hmm. like even dubstep dubstep lasted longer than trap um so it's like you like like what you said with like this detroit beat it's like it's a cool little. It just depends what's who's popping off at that time and who's popular mm-hmm. in that. See, he like showed, did something that challenged a little bit of what was already sounding good at the time. Exactly, like, that broke the bubble, and then yeah. it becomes like the, the new thing, the, new, the thing. new name. And it's like that kid, that the the dude that's doing it has his like minute of five minutes of fame, like makes a shit ton of money, and then is like onto the next. And that, I guess that's just how yeah. how that scene is. Um, but yeah, I for me, like I listen to a lot of Action Bronson at the moment, mm-hmm. like because he's still like it's modern, but he's just recreating classic nineties mm-hmm. Brooklyn hip hop stuff that feels like yeah from from that that era. Uh, I like Joey Badass as well so a good. lot because of that. Like so it, good. it brings the yeah it brings that shit back. I started yeah. producing hip hop before I did house. Really, I was gonna so, say I was gonna ask you. Producing. Yeah, I was going to yeah. ask you if something kind of it it feels really authentic for you. Like it's it's very easy for any of us to put like a a classic hip hop record on a tech house beat, right? It's very easy. Mm-hmm. It's been done millions of times, and because both aesthetic movements like kind of work, work together. together. Like yeah, you have. You have so many fusions of it already, totally. like in, in 
Yeah, even even in the more underground side of things, mm -hmm. like yeah, yeah. There, there's been like a talk about hip house a long like a, a big time ago. Yeah, man, look at G. It was always it was always flirting and, and yeah, like look at Ghetto House. Look at like what DJ Dion used to do. Yeah, right? like all of those yeah, kind exactly. of all of those kind of cats from Chicago. It was like rapping. It was part of the culture. It still is, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just, I had Gene Ferris on on the call, on, on the podcast, like very, very early on. And I spoke to him about it because obviously he's from Chicago. And I was like, what is it like? Obviously, this wasn't, this is, this is like massively shortening down his answer. But it was like house was huge, obviously, in the gay scene. And in the black gay scene, and then all of a sudden hip hop came out, and people could re realize they could make a fuck ton more of money out of hip hop than they could playing in an underground club in Chicago. So mm -hmm. it kind of like brought that's kind of where a lot of the the electronic music kind of went to hip hop. So it's like a lot of those cats were doing electronic music before they were doing hip hop, or they were kind of growing up around electronic music, and then they were bringing it. So it's really mm -hmm. interesting, but. It's like with you, it just feels really... If you, if you think about it, it even works like in the same like scheme, for example, mm -hmm. if you think about like the the members of what of the culture of hip hop, like the MC, the DJ, yeah. the break dancer and the graffiti artist, yeah. those like four elements, you you could do the same parallel with, with house and, and, and techno. Like for example, the DJ is there, yeah. the, the MC is kind of still there in some occasions yeah, yeah we have the house the house dance scene mm -hmm. yeah which like and, and whacking and vogue stuff yeah, yeah. which would work as the break dancer pillar yeah and as the visual art like that would be graffiti in in hip-hop you would have like drag yeah and and house culture like 100%. It, it, it still has the, the the four same pillars so it, it works the same way as hip-hop does have you seen the documentary paris is burning Paris is burning. I don't. I don't think so. Not that one. I'm gonna send it to you. Text me after, uh -huh. and I will remind you. I'll send it to you. All right. Um, it's right. it's based on the whole voguing culture of of New York, back in the like oh, nice. in the early '80s, '90s. It's unbelievable. Like, and yeah, it, the the scenes kind of collide together. Is there any of that in Brazil? Like, is is like hip was hip hop a thing in Brazil growing up? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually used to dance break. I used to break dance and I used to do freestyle hip hop classes as well. I used to go to, to championships mm. and camps and stuff. And that's where I that's where I got in contact with house dance the first time, mm. like competition and, and and like house dance, the genre yeah. of when that they do in competition. It's usually more into Afro house beats like like black coffee or yeah, yeah, yeah. like but the old school black coffee yeah, stuff yeah. and yeah that's what and and the crews were were very like you would have that that collective feeling of like going to the camp like waiting for your time to to yeah. perform like being in the in that group like the competition thing, like talking shit about the other group yep. and being like, yeah, we're going to wipe them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like battles and stuff. So, it, it, and it was really big. There were, there, there's a big, big festival in Brazil, in Joinville in the South, mm. which is, they, they, they like dance culture is, is really big in Brazil. That's yeah, the thing. And, and 
as I was in hip hop dance, mm. uh, that's that's where I got in contact, where I got in contact with the, the culture more. Yeah. And like there's this festival, like it's it's they have it's the only city where they have a, a Bolshoi, that Russian school of, of ballet, really? like outside of Russia. It's, it's in that city in Brazil. I, really? I think so. I think it's something like that. Yeah, it's it's really crazy about dance. And um yeah, the, the because of the dance culture, like variety and the mm. size of the culture in Brazil, hip hop culture. It's it is really big because that's the main thing that they, that people go to classes nowadays to for for dancing and, yeah. and stuff. And it's really interesting you say the Russia thing. I was listening to a podcast the other day with Joe Rogan and John Berthanel. Berth, I can never pronounce his name. Um, he's an actor. Do you know him? He's an he's an actor. Um, uh, I'll show you a maybe. picture. I'll show the you. Name a is a little bit familiar, but I can't remember his face. Yeah, if I in, see a picture, I think. It's yeah, I John. I I'm probably also not. Um, this guy. Uh, maybe yeah. He was in like the Walking Dead. He was. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. When it focused, I, I got to. Yeah, uh -huh, yeah. Uh -huh. Um, he was in. What did he do? Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, he went to when he was a kid. He went to Russia to study acting. I didn't know this, mm -hmm. but he went to this school that was like really strict. Um, acting school and in the acting school you had to learn ballet and it was like yeah. it was like really strict ballet like and it wasn't just acting it was you had to do everything and ballet is really physical it's really physical like in can you can you do it did you ever train in ballet, ballet? nah yeah. Nah. My legs are my legs are crooked to the inside. <laughs> it was always like a pain for me to do some stuff with the feet. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I there's there's like for for me growing up like it or not growing up when I was younger like me thinking but looking back something there was like two things I wish I did and it was like acrobat like acrobatics and like ballet just purely because mm -hmm. like. I know people that do it now and they're just like insanely fit, like on another yeah. level of fitness. Insanely, insanely yeah. fit. Just so They're strong. all hard, like they're not like big buff, no. but they're hard. Like yeah, just so tight, strong. Crazy. Yeah. But uh -huh. I guess this Super. is the same with like break dancers, right? It's, it's, they're yeah. very strong people. A bit. Yeah. Just Even the lifestyle like is a bit different. That, that, that are focused in, in, in power moves and stuff, mm. which, is, which are the more crazy maneuvers. Yeah. Like those guys can get really, really, really strong, like yeah. <laughs> in the arms. Yeah, I bet. I bet, man. I guess in this as well. this like slides really nicely into how like theatrical you are on the stage. A bit, right? Because in, in in even even with how like I I listen to stuff, like I try to fish for those little moments. Mm. Because in, in, if you would go to a freestyle hip hop battle, the thing is, there's there will be a DJ playing random tunes that yeah. he's gonna pick, and you you have like those little ten seconds before you go in, yeah, to to memorize the the groove and memorize the elements, yeah, and then like use those elements to do the the, the moves with them. So you have to have like a fast memory mm. to 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 grab those elements and, and show them visually. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it kind of works in the same dynamic. Like, I, I want to yeah. show a little noise that, that the song has and show it visually so, so it, I can illustrate. Because sometimes 
we we put some some stuff in in in, in this in the arrangement mm. in like hidden places sometimes Tiny. and if if people are not paying really that much attention to it they're going to miss the little element yeah and like if you can show them visually they're surely not going to miss that totally yeah like, yeah you know and breakdowns and stuff like where those little bell things sometimes mm. or no like, i love it i, I, I love I, it I, yeah it's it's, it's <laughs> like there's there's like artists that are um very move they move a lot on stage and they're always kind of about it like less classic is that fish like fisher he's like a classic example mm -hmm. right he's like fucking crazy but there's a difference yeah it's like so big like always just giving it fucking welly but like yours is like yours is like slightly more tasteful <laughs> and i'm not saying i'm not saying I that's a bad I thing on fish like like you're completely different artists completely different people i think it's because like, you know, you know, when you're going to show a song to someone and they start talking to you while you're showing them the song and you kind of get like, you know, just, yeah, wait, wait, listen, listen first. Like, let's talk a little bit yeah. later. I want you to listen to the song. Mm. I get like really in those moments. So that's the, the, what I'm trying to do is trying to illustrate so they can pay attention to the show, to the song that I'm, I'm showing them while yeah. I'm playing. So it's like me just trying to call attention to the song. So you're pretty much a tell. It's just more about like I'm having a fucking great yeah. time with this shit. Like, ah. <laughs> no, it's, I it's, also have a little bit of that. Like when when the song is, explodes and if the crowd is having fun, I'm surely gonna like ah. Yeah, too. totally. But my my stuff is more about like showing the little noises and, and stuff. You know. Mm. Like, no, I like it. I really like it because it's like I've not really seen it before and. It, it's really interesting to watch on on <laughs> social media to be like this, this dude's kind of doing some cool shit that no one else is doing which is, <laughs> which is dope to see um how was it how was it growing up in brazil it was good um uh, it's it's it obviously is a different a different development of a country like you there there are some situations that you're not going to face if you live in a, in a country yeah. where where it's, it's not that fucked up like here. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you see some some fucked up shit growing up, and it kind of fucks you up a little bit too. Mm -hmm. But like, but how is that? I, me myself myself? Yeah. I had like a, a a good condition when I got to like fifth or sixth grade. Mm. My dad got promoted, like, and then we got into like a better condition. And yeah. when I was younger, I didn't understand much about like stuff. I was just playing and yeah, yeah. going to school and getting back from school. Totally. And no major like uh, understanding about anything. Um, yeah. And after that moment where it got kind of good, it kind of got fucked up again. Yeah. And my family like got broke totally. In and what then, in what sense? What happened? If you want to talk um, about it, you don't have to talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to have, my, my mother used to, to have a company. My mother worked with clothing. My yeah. mother was a, 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 a stylist, person, but not a stylist that like chooses clothes for people. Yeah. She was a designer stylist. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in Brazil we say stylist, but yeah, mm. whatever. Uh, she used to draw clothes and, and, and design and, and stuff. And she used to work with children's clothing. Okay um the name of the brand was actually peter lou because my name is pedro luis yeah and pedro is it's peter like yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. yeah peter lou the logo was like kind of me 
That's so cool. Yeah, and the company like got kind of a little bit of success mm. in in the first five years. Then like some crazy demands started happening that we couldn't get hold of. Like yeah. we, because I was not involved. I was a kid only, but they they couldn't get a hold of. Yeah, and it started collapsing a little bit. And mm. yeah, it it fucked. Yeah, went ban- bankrupt and stuff. And uh, after that, my mom got back into doing like neighborhood stuff, clothing, you know, okay, like cool. yeah, clothes yeah. for people like yeah, yeah. from around for friends. Yeah. And then she was, she was really good. So she started getting like, for example, dress opportunities for, for, for marriages and stuff. Mm. So that would give her a little bit more of a, a, a vitrine, you know, a, yeah, yeah. a, a shopping window. Yeah. For, for other people to see those dresses and stuff. She started using a little bit of social media, started giving classes. So she, she kind of like got back into the basics. You know, Zima Blue, the 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 No. What is a, you know love you know Love Death Robots? It's no. a, it's like a Netflix series. It's an animation series. They do like each I'm... episode is a different story, kind of like, okay. like uh Black Mirror style of arrangement let's say yeah yeah um but it's mainly it's it's based in animation they have super realistic ones illustrated ones more cartoonish ones i've never seen super this sick. and the themes are amazing I'll and there's it. this episode called zima zima blue okay which is also the name of a track by another you know another the duo yeah, from yeah. Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah yeah they have a track called zima blues well. i think it's because of the same thing I'm, che- uh, I'm checking it's this out. This episode now. about about like a, a guy that does big paintings. Mm-hmm. Can, can I give you a spoiler? Yeah, yeah, that? go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he like there's this, this story about this artist called Zima that used to yeah this guy yeah that's Zima. Okay, he used to do paintings of people. Yeah, and after a while, he started doing like a little a little rectangle of blue tint. In mm. every painting he did, yeah, and everybody was like, "What? What is this?" Yeah, but it was there was something interesting about it—the tone of blue that he chose and mm. and stuff. And he started making those rectangles a, a little bit bigger each time, until he got to the point where he's only doing paintings that were a big blue yeah. rectangle. And then he got into doing big murals. Mm-hmm. And then the episode like unfolds, and he's doing like murals on space, like painting whole planets <laughs> blue and. <laughs> completely obsessed about the blue yeah and then the the narrator of the episode is a girl and she's a reporter mm. and now she has the opportunity to do, go do an interview with him yeah and she goes to to do the inter- interview with him he's like um like kind of like this humanoid robot mm. cyborg type of guy and he starts telling his story about like from from where he got the blue idea and long story short let's just let's try just don't go like yeah. too deep on it <laughs> he was a pool cleaning robot that uh, got like okay. upgraded by the family that owned him until he became a humanoid yeah and then he started like doing paintings because he was like kind of a person only yeah yeah almost yeah so he started doing paintings and the Zima blue, like the tone of blue that he would draw was the same color of the tiles from the pool. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So the, he, then that that's when the interview ends. And when the episode ends, it's 
his final act as an artist. Mm. So he makes a big blue mural, giant mural in like a big blue swimming pool at the center. Mm. And he appears, he jumps in the pool and he starts to disintegrate back into the little robot. Back into the robot. To keep like, yeah, back That's to so cleaning cool. the tiles of the pool. <laughs> So where does so my this, mom kind of went? So where does this blue. tie into your mom? <laughs> yeah, my mom went kind of Zima Blue. Yeah, she had like the big company. Yeah, for for a little bit, like she was getting the demand and the big, mm. um, the big opportunities and stuff. But then it, it all like collapsed down, and she got back into the basics of doing what she loved doing, and that was actually like what she figured out more at the end of her life that what she loved was teaching. Yeah. So she, she started like doing classes for, for people in, in the neighborhood and in the city, mm. like to, to teach them how to design and how to, how to hand do stuff. I, hand I sew forgot stuff. So sewage. I, I, no, I forgot that the so, word. So, so yeah. 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 So she, she started giving classes with the machinery and stuff as well. And it's, it's amazing how yeah. in, it happens to a lot of people in their careers where they think they want the, to be the biggest and the best in everything, right? And make the most money. And then something fucks up and then it, and then you start doing it again because you love it. And then you actually work out in your head, actually I'm doing it because I love it. And I, it doesn't matter about, obviously there is a business side of things. You have to make money. We all have to make money, mm-hmm, but there's totally. also a level where it's like, I don't need to be earning all the money in the world to sustain this and enjoy my life. I think when something fucks up and leads to that moment, it flips a switch yeah. and like your mindset is changed into like not giving a fuck about having the most money yeah. anymore and like not I don't want to be the biggest fucking thing anymore. Yeah. I just want to do my stuff and do the stuff that I want to do and that I like to do, you know, like for example, um I wanted to, like back when when I was in 2018 gigging in Brazil only um I had totally different objectives. Mm about about my career i had total totally different like references and the way i thought about references yeah musically and after the pandemic hit and we went into quarantine like right when we got into quarantine i i went down into like a, a rabbit hole like really? got really fucked up got mm. really depressive really anxious I was having like panic attacks. Really? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what was, was that? Was what tough. was, what was bringing that on though? My mother has just died and we hit a pandemic. Oh, My dad was not having good work, yeah. uh, like not earning enough. My job was now like kind of over for yeah. an indeterminate period of time. I was helping a little bit with mm. the balance at home. So it was a totally fucked up situation, yeah, like yeah, yeah. snowball effect yeah. down. Did you say your mother passed away? Yeah. Oh, in, I'm sorry, man. Like two, two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago. Yeah, I think two years ago or three years ago. Mm. It's kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, after, after I, 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 like, went through the period of, like, the grief and stuff, because mm. that's the thing. I, I kind of, like, tried to 
to go away from the from the grief mm. in the beginning because I was trying to wrap my my head around the idea of how good it was for me to have the experience of living yeah that person totally yeah yeah and like the because okay the, the rest is going to be ego me me wanting that person to be yeah with with me more time you know I already had the opportunity to experience all the good stuff that I experienced with that person yeah so. And um, I was trying to wrap my head, my head around this idea yeah. and trying to be like, there's no no real reason for me to like grief yeah. for real about this. And I just got more anxious and more yeah. anxious and started getting more de like depressed about mm -hmm. my day to day stuff. And yeah. I didn't think it was anything to do with that. Yeah. But after like it reached a point where I was like, oh, <laughs> I can't take it anymore. I need to do something <laughs> about it. I went to do therapy like. For real, yeah. intensive, like two times a week, like, mm. and after, after, like I started it for a, for a bit, I realized it was mostly because I didn't let myself feel, understand that it, yeah. it sucks. Yeah. Like I, I know, like it has the positive, like, you can look through the positive view of it, but obviously it sucks. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a difficult situation. You, you have to like be fair with yourself and like internalize that too. 100%. I and think like after go on, carry on. Yeah. No, you go, you go, you go. And I think after like that, that was the moment where something fucked up for me mm. and it flipped a switch yeah. about like life and whatever and everything. And I just dived right in into like, went to work. Yeah, and not only into work, but into not giving any more fucks about like mm. what the market is gonna think about a tune that I'm making. Like yeah. I, I stuff that I it, like afterwards. Obviously, you. It, it, I think there's there's moments where you go into that mode, and then you come back a little bit, and you go into that yeah. mode again. Like every, in your career, there's there's moments where you kind of do those moves. Yeah. But yeah, like it was, it was, if it, it was a moment. If if I grab the the songs that I did in that period, they're probably the most experimental stuff that I that I made by far until now. Like I haven't released anything from the period that I was like totally bricked. Yeah, only the stuff that I, that was a little bit after, like the funk, the one that that yeah, went yeah. on nervous. Yeah, was right after. It was like me getting out of the the the, the hole. You yeah, know. Yeah. But I think sometimes you, that doesn't, on a ph philosophical, philosoph I can't even say the word. Philosophical. Philosophical, yeah. Thanks for teaching me my own language. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, on that point is like sometimes you're, you have to make the music for yourself to get through it's a it is a part of therapy it's like my my mm -hmm. parents I my mum is a therapist and so is my dad so I grew oh, nice. up I grew up with therapy all my whole life really um and there are there are certain things we have to do as people that we don't actually have to share with anybody else but it just helps us get through to the next phase of that and I think like in our careers in music it's like sometimes you have to make a shit ton of music that you know isn't going to see the light of day but it gets you from one point a to point b and you have to get to point b and there's a process of that 
And mm-hmm. I think especially when you're going through the loss of your mother, which I couldn't even imagine because we all think our parents are superheroes and will last forever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, totally. And it's and you're still young. So it's like you don't expect that's going to happen. So I can imagine like musically it's going to go a bit wild. But, totally. but with it going wild, it allows you to just be completely yourself. I made one of the, like, some of the best, like, tunes, like, heartfelt tunes that I've ever made during that period. Yeah. I think with with music, it, not only music, obviously, art in general, unfortunately, it's, it, it, it's a, it, it works like that. Yeah. If you get it through a hard, like, moment, it, it will make your, your art better. Better, yeah. Per se, you know, you're going to put more heart into that. You're going to, like, yeah. pour more into that, you know, like... Well, I, does it, 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 I, it that that makes a bit of of a that's a bit of a therapy too because then even you can acknowledge afterwards like what a beautiful thing that you made yeah. while feeling that hard feeling that you were feeling when mm. stuff happened you know like it's kind of a a trophy from yourself to yourself one hundred percent like for, for being through it yeah I think tell me if. Because I've not experienced what you what you've been through, if you know what I mean. Like I've I've lost friends, but I've not lost family members. Um, mm-hmm. But I think when that happens, does the switch turn around in your head where it's like you actually realize the value of life and that like actually take worrying about what everybody else thinks of you externally means. F- fuck all it doesn't mean anything no like everything is when your world comes down like that it nothing else matters also because like that it gives you a bit of a sense like it, for me it gave me a sense of like you have to figure it out alone yeah. now yeah like, you know like <laughs> figure it out yeah, yeah you have to it's time for you to figure it out mm. so it, it got me into into a different mindset yeah. as well like if I'm going to figure it out myself, I'm not going to like have, so like, I still have my dad. He yeah. supports me a lot into, in, yeah. in, into like the, the pains of life still. Of course. But when he goes, I'm, I'm going to have to figure it out on my own as well. Like again, even more. again, again, yeah. again, yeah. exactly. Cause I'm now I'm, I'm, I'm like putting that weight a little bit in his back. Like, cause when we still have parents, we're always going to put a little bit like of Dude, the weight yeah. that we carry from the world into them yeah and they're gonna help us carry that a little bit if we're fortunate you lose one yeah you're gonna put a little bit more into into the other if we're for example if we're fortunate to have good parents and by the sounds of it exactly in this exactly by the sounds of it you've got great parents yeah Yeah. for sure yeah yeah. and even it it got me closer to my dad of course yeah like makes sense of course it's gonna do it Yeah. yeah and it you know, like, but I had to figure out a lot of the stuff because, like, my my mom and my dad are amazing, both, but yeah. they're different different mm-hmm. heads. Yeah, like there are some subjects subjects that for me and my mom were a little bit more understandable. Yeah, yeah. Because my mom was a little bit more philosophical and yeah. vibesy about about <laughs> the world, and my dad's a little bit more 
more ma- ma- mathematical and yeah straight to the point you no know, yeah and when i have a situation that's like giving me a an itch on the behind the head and it's like more of a philosophical question like or more like mystical view of of something i don't have anybody else now yeah. like, to talk to mm. now i have to figure out my mystical thoughts yeah. by myself and that yeah. that's kind of like scary when it happens yeah i can imagine like, i can imagine if, and if i if i lost my dad first and i still had my mom it would also be totally yeah. scary to 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 deal with the situations where i i would share with him yeah. you know and I, I wouldn't have anybody to 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 have a second opinion and the opinion that mattered the most you know about that subject i think so also if if i'm tru- that, that that flips a switch yeah totally i think if if i'm if i'm honest with you and obviously this is the first time we spoke so i don't really know you at all but i and tell me if i'm wrong but I think you, how old are you? 23? 23. 23. Yeah. So you've lived 23 years with your mom. You know. 21 years. 21 yeah. years. You, but you, like you've had 23 years of life with your mom. When those philosophical things come up in your head, I think deep down inside, you know what your mom would say. Exactly. Exactly. And even like my own like point of view sometimes will be totally influenced by what she would do totally. because she already got like, cause our personalities, like my personality is just a bunch of stuff that I absorbed from, mm-hmm. from other people and yeah. from the world. There's no like real thing like, <laughs> that makes my person me, 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 yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. the personality yeah. wise. Yeah. And yeah, me, I'm a bit of her head a bit of her mind a bit of her personality a bit of her yeah alchemy there so i'm i'm going to have the similar thought process sometimes mm. about those questions and i from knowing her also i would totally like imagine what she would think yeah my comparison and 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 stuff yeah it's sc- it's scary to a point to and a that's certain... that's figuring out on your own a bit exactly also. but like, like that's the lucky thing is that your parents have given you the tools and allowed you to to learn the tools to mm-hmm. to get through life by yourself and for me like that's the most perfect um childhood whether like a child doesn't need anything like financially ch- like children don't mm-hmm. like you don't need anything financially you what you need is love and guidance right and mm-hmm. i'm totally. I, I don't want to be a dad person but i don't want kids but like i got niece and nephews like and I was lucky enough to have a great childhood. And that's the biggest gift, I think, that a, a parent can give their kids is the tools to go and find out who they are as a person, but also give them guidance in everything that they need in life and also not hold them back. And and like in a situation where you're at, is it is an awful situation. No one wants that. But she's also set you up to to not fail totally which is beautiful it's pretty amazing and like my and and also like i'm really lucky about having my dad as well because he's he's been like one of the the building blocks of 
of making everything that happened in the recent months yeah. possible because he's he's the organization behind like a bit of the stuff really he's yeah because he he's he's a business yeah like guy he, yeah. he's a he's an office guy yeah i'm not an office guy like, <laughs> no shit and yeah and like I, i'm lucky also to to not have had any like shady situations with management mm. like in the in the early years yeah i like all the people that worked with me until today always were like super super good and transparent and positive to to my project yeah to to its growth and and stuff but like we know stories oh, of obviously of, of shady stuff happening <laughs> but like even even though i didn't face anything like by luck and by like yeah whatever my dad always was like the the picky guy like trying to to like fish for every detail and, and and stuff like he was always like on the back of stuff like keeping an eye out like helping me with a lot of the a lot of the organization of, of everything and teaching me concepts about like business money and yeah corporate world and stuff like that and yeah it, it makes lucky to have those like two. yeah man we, it, you are and i but i think it also it correlates in where you're at today in your career and i think from an outsider's point of view like i know you've been doing this for a very long time like it's i i do but a lot of people kind of see the the first video that blows up and goes who's the hell is this new dj on the block if you know what i mean like i I think from my record, yeah, this new guy exactly doing this, doing this weird shit stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. But like, like I think you've been releasing since 2017 as Mochak. Is that correct? As Mochak, yeah. I think it was 2017. Let me check. Let's see. Um, and before that, I had a different project called Wicked. Yeah. It was like W1CK3D. Okay. And the like, nobody would read that in the, in the, the right way. They would call me Vic 3D or like anything, but the what it was supposed to be. And also, the music was kind of shit. The music that I was yeah. making at the time was kind of shit. So I, when I moved to Moshak, is it was because like already I, I was doing stuff that sounded sounded a little bit better. Yeah, and I didn't want like the new guy to come listen to a song and like be yeah. oh all right cool I like this let me listen to the other one. And it's like lame, you know? So I wanted to do like a different project and it was, I think it was 2017. Yes. Yeah. I can relate I to that project. because I have released some really shit music over the years and I didn't change my name. I like your stuff from back in the day. Really? <laughs> no. And the new stuff as well, man. Well, I guess yeah, like 2017 was the first one. Yeah. See, I did, did my research. Asmoshek. Did my research, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my my sounds changed a lot, I guess, from what a lot of people kind of knew me as back in the day. But even before then, if you go far mm -hmm. back, oh my god, it was so bad, it was so bad. Like what age? Like not not what age, but what uh, year? Two thousand and eight. Like, I don't think I've listened to to don't. that old stuff. Don't. <laughs> I'm gonna check. I don't even check. know if it's. I love I love the sound of 2008 and 2009. I wasn't 
partying or or into listening to to me to this music yeah. at the time. I was nine years old or yeah, eight years you were old. Young. Yeah. But after like I in 2018-19, I discovered like the rabbit hole of 2008, 2009, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the stuff that was happening at the time. And I, me, Sterium, the guys like from 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 the mm-hmm. crew, yeah. we all got like obsessed about it. Like <laughs> You know, like if you go Sasha Bremer, yeah, the old stuff oh, from man. Sasha Bremer, stuff so yeah. good, so good. The cube guys, the stuff from 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 back in the day. Like, uh, there's also uh, style of eye. Yeah, oh, style we, of we eye, got, like, really so good. We so were, good. We, we got obsessed into that stuff at, at um, the time. What's his name? Ah, uh, oh, I forgot his name. He used to release on Dirty Bird originally. Now he does like organic house. I can't remember his name, but his stuff was amazing. My first Tom Flynn? No, Tom not Tom Flynn. I had Tom, Tom Flynn. Tom Flynn is sick as well. I had Tom on, on the podcast and he did a record called Kitchen. Can, can you remember that mm-hmm. record? Uh, I don't think Mate, so. Mate, you Kitchen. have to you have to get that record. I'll send it to you. It's uh-huh. Like I still play it now sometimes, but it was like completely down your street of like vi- like it would, yeah, you would love it. But nice, nice. That, that, that was a good that was a good time for music. My first release on Spotify is 2011. Um, mm-hmm. Fuck me, there's some really bad records. Really bad records. I bet they're good. No, really. And no. I like I like the like the aesthetic of the sound of the time. Like even like some Brazilian stuff from from like 2000. And, 12 13 14 even or or even a little bit earlier 2011 as well like there there's a a Victor Ruiz yeah. you know Victor Ruiz yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a tune from him that I played I play it till this day it's called Saint-Tropez okay yeah and I love the tune mm. for me it sounds amazing for me it sounds amazing in speakers and it sounds amazing on on the PA system at the party as well yeah yeah and I went into the like the studio with him this week, and he was like, "How can you play that? That the quality, man. The quality is just totally fucked. The mixing is just fucked." And I'm like, "No, it's it's perfect the way it is." That's the thing, it's isn't this, it? Like, it sounds like the time, you know. Like, mm. it sounds 2011. Yeah, that tune. It brings it back, like to there. It's, it's the same thing. Like, if you if you like think about like the aesthetic of 60s stuff yeah the microphones weren't as good as they are today but no. it, it has aesthetic value yeah, yeah. It adds texture and it, it creates like something around it you know like, i agree and it, it captures the time it captures what was happening in that time sorry i've got to correct myself i didn't have tom flynn on the podcast i had tim green on the podcast and uh-huh. tim green has a record called kitchen i'll send it to you but the the guy that sorry i'm playing something because I had to find it. It's the guy that I was on about was Sebastian Leger or Sebastian Ledger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He has a record. I think think he has a record called The Wasp on Dirty Bird, like 2008 era. And, mate, unbelievable. I need to find it. Sebastian Ledger on Dirty Bird. I didn't know that happened. Dude, Dirty Bird, like early Dirty Bird. um, Is it called The Wasp? Uh, I I'm going to have to go onto his profile. Sorry for anybody that's like actually listened to this because you're just going to get bored by us just talking about fucking 
Bees. It's called Bees. 2011. Bees. I'm gonna just text it to you. You save that for later. Yeah. I just texted. I found it. I think you got it. Yeah, found it. Dude, look at the cover. The cover is so sick. It's sick, right? So sick. Dirty Bird always did amazing covers. Always. It was, it was it, and the, the cover is so back in the day you yeah know, like, no fucks given just like oh it's called bees let's put a fucking bee on there no, yeah the <laughs> color is like the like really bright yeah like orange ah, color yeah. you know like it's stuff that that, were, that worked a lot at the time if you mm. would see like every cover at the time had like these like bah, colors yeah. you know like yeah i did i did like a i went to like a dj school when i was t- 12 11 12 and we we taught we were taught about like promo in like rec- you record your your mix cd your demo cd to then go give out to clubs and we were taught like about the artwork to put on it and to like make your own artwork and like we were just making the most obscene artworks just to like <laughs> just to give it to people and so people would never never forget and there's a famous kind of a famous story from Claude Von Stroke about Kill Frenzy do you know Kill mm-hmm. Frenzy? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so Kill Frenzy wanted to sign to Dirty Bird and Barkley would never listen to his music. He wouldn't ever sign his music. So Kill Frenzy, to get his attention, just started sending him like pictures of tits on on e- emails. <laughs> <laughs> and like would make his, oh, the man. titles of his records like the most obscene sexual titles. kind of titles. And like, <laughs> and it got him signed and he's for me one of the best artists out of dirty bird ever um but yeah you just got to do what you got to do man totally um so i want to like go through from 2017 to where we're at today obviously we've spoken Mm -hmm. a lot about kind of what happened in your family but it's like there's a lot of in between right that people don't know um Mm -hmm. and from 20 from the pandemic, coming out of the pandemic. What happened? Because <laughs> <laughs> it just went from zero to a hundred in yes. very quickly. Yes. So like, I'd like very to, quickly. I want to, I want to know how it happened. Um, and then I want to talk about like the feelings behind that and, and mm-hmm. then also the pressures behind that and kind of, and then totally. we can talk about now. So how did it fucking so, happen? How did it happen? Um, I started working with Nadai, my video maker, mm. one of the guys, one of the, the media guys that, that I work with, Pofra, Nadai and Masa. They do all the photos and videos of, yeah. for, for everything. Um, and do they travel with you I started everywhere? Working, Sorry to butt in, but do they travel yeah, with you everywhere? No, no. Not everywhere. Mm. Internationally, still, I cannot take them to every gig. Yeah. Because the, the costs are yeah. still high, like, yeah. from logistics and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm st- I, I'm still not able to take everybody on every tour and yeah. every occasion. Totally. Uh, sometimes when it's, like, a special thing that I want to live with the boys, mm-hmm. then I'll take them, like, all of them with yeah. with me. Like, for example, Coachella, we're all going together. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not yeah. going to leave anybody out of this. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. go and, like, <laughs> let's go. do it. And But but I usually, like, alternate between mm-hmm. uh, Nadai goes into a tour, the next one, Masa goes into the tour, you yeah. know. So we do this alternates between yeah, yeah. it. But in Brazil, we roll with 
we roll with the full team because in Brazil, the the logistics usually I are paid by the promoter. Mm -hmm. So they will pay for my flights. They will pay for the hotel. Yeah. And abroad, it's it's not no. not like that. Yeah, <laughs> you, you pay for everything. Yeah, basically, <laughs> when you're touring. And um, yeah, I started working with Nadai, which is one of the guys back in September, I think, mm. of 2021. Yeah, yeah, September of 2021. Like it was right when events were were liberated again mm. liberated <laughs> we, we, we right when we were allowed when, to when out we could again. do events again yeah we were allowed to to have events again and uh, one of the first events that that appeared for me i, I was already a friend of him mm -hmm. like i met him because of the scene he was yeah. already a video maker for other djs from brazil And we became friends in, in parties and, and blah, 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 but we, but we never worked together. And he was yeah. like, yo, I'm going on the next one. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm just going and you're, we're going to do it together. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's do it. And we went together and he had this idea about doing like a sum up of, of the show. Yeah. Like of, of the set. So, because there were like moments where the set would go like really wild and moments of chill and trip in between yeah, yeah. whatever and he we would do like a highlight reel of of the night basically yeah. just uh, us arriving at the venue like goofing around for yeah. a little bit then meeting the friends meeting the other dj friends and then we would do like a, a 15 to 25 minute video mm. that would sum up a one hour and a half set yeah. you know like With the best drops and the best moments, the best mixes sometimes. Yeah. And uh, it was all recorded in horizontal mm -hmm. format. Yeah. And it was supposed to be a YouTube content because yeah. we were trying to do new YouTube content. This is like the full story, by the way. Like, no, I want I it. Tell I, 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 no, I want the yeah. full story. Yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the full one. And the thing is, for those videos he would go around the party mm. and do multiple angles yeah. just so we had variety. And one of the angles was like from the crowd because it would give like the viewer the the point of view of totally. somebody who's in the crowd watching it yeah. and listening to it. And that was the thing that triggered the videos that blew up. But the thing is we started doing it as a YouTube long Yeah, 25 phone. minute yeah. content like not something that to be consumed on the phone like mm -hmm. quickly like because yeah, yeah. i'm a fan of long content i like Same. Me too. documentaries i like long stuff i like albums i like same <laughs> same yeah But dude i we're, don't i we're having a conversation doing fucking radio edits <laughs> about stuff <laughs> you know yeah. Uh, yeah i'm the same like we're having a conversation for over an hour like i like long yeah. things make people listen concentrate So it was supposed to be like a long format of content and it had that thing from that about the angle from the crowd, yeah, like from the front. And he always likes to follow the movements that I do mm -hmm. with the camera because like he, he, he also used to dance. Okay. He was also a hip hop dancer. So he gets it. So there is this thing. Yeah. There is this thing in battles also about yeah. like, 
if I'm going to, I'm going to improvise now. It's my turn. I'm going in. Yeah. If I do something predictable and you figure it out, if you do the same thing, everybody's going to be like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're out. You're good. <laughs> predictable, predictable. Yeah, yeah. So he always like follows the moves that I do with the camera, with the zoom outs, with the, the, the movement and, and stuff. And that created like a really cool aesthetic of videos, yeah. like something from the crowd. And that follows that emphasizes a bit of the movement, mm. emphasizes the message about like showing you the little elements that you sometimes don't pay attention to. Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Cool video for YouTube. Yeah. 25 minutes long. <laughs> then we went to Rio for a week. No, no. This was, we started doing this in September, right? Yeah. So we did it in September. We did it in October. We did it in November in like four gigs, I think. And then in November, it was a gig at L14, mm -hmm. which is a club in the south of Brazil, close to Florianopolis. Yeah. And uh, I played a gig there. It was super, super sick. It was like a lineup with me, Victor Lou, Visage, Sterium, Breaking Beats, like all, all the buddies. Yeah. And yeah, it was just such a sick night. And I played like in the morning after Breaking Beats. Mm -hmm. That was the, the closing act, like in Brazil. Right. It's usually like, because abroad, because you have the curfews and stuff. Yeah. The headliner usually plays the closing set. Totally. But in Brazil, the closing is just like zombie land. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it 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 wasn't zombie led this time the crowd like was really responsive it was like a really a really good reaction the, yeah. the videos got really good and we posted like a carousel of those videos on instagram like saying yo we just posted the new sum up from mm -hmm. the last show like in in november here in in l14 yeah this was like one week after the show whatever um the full sum up is on youtube and here's a little carousel of some of the best moments, blah, blah, blah. And that post performed really well. Yeah. Like better than previous posts, yeah, but yeah. nothing too crazy. Mm. It was like if if a good post back in the day would give me like 150 comments, this one gave me like 215. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. a little bit better than the other ones. Yeah, yeah. It gave a little, got a little bit more buzz. Yeah. And then kept doing, kept doing it for like the months to come. Yeah. Went to December, did a couple of sum ups in December, January. And in January, we went, we went for a week to Rio because we had a gig on, on Friday yeah. and a gig on the other Friday. So we just stayed in Rio for the full week to meet some friends from Rio and like goof around and yeah go to beaches and whatever. And during that week, John Summit did a tweet. He tweeted like, if you're an upcoming act and you're not using TikTok, you could be wasting an opportunity because the algorithm is completely crazy and you can sometimes go viral without having a previous yeah, yeah. following. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna grab one of the videos that we posted on Instagram and like test it out. Yeah, I had an account created because like when TikTok appeared in Brazil, I was like, all right, I'm going to download it to check it out. Downloaded it, hated it, <laughs> deleted it, like and 
downloaded it again yeah. to, to, to do this, to, to post this thing and try to check if something happened. I posted the first video. I had like 180 followers on TikTok and I went to lunch. When I got back from lunch, it, the video had like 300,000 views. Jesus. Like, I was like, I was... I, I started calling like the my agents and stuff like guys something's happening here. Like, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know like I think I think this is going kind of viral and they were like yeah yeah this, this is really good really nice really nice okay like two hours later six hundred thousand views like wow the next morning one million views wow and then they were like oh this is this is kind of it's kind of big yeah. Also, because I was I was looking into the comment section and there were comments from like other countries as yeah. well. It was not only a, a Brazil thing. And I was like, what should, what should we do anything about it? <laughs> and people were saying like, yo, come play in, in whatever. Yeah. Come play in my country. Come play in New York. Come play in, mm. in India. Come play in Italy. Come play in blah, blah, blah. Like multiple countries commenting like, now the video is at 11 million views, I think, on Damn, TikTok. It's son. crazy. Yeah, crazy. And, like, when we started getting those comments, I, I remember the situation, the funny situation that happened in Brazil, where, like, I, I used to do a lot of a lot of gigs in Curitiba before yeah. the pandemic. I've played there before. Curitiba is amazing. Yeah. It's one of the best crowds in Brazil. They're yeah. really responsive, and they're really open to... to new sounds and stuff yeah. is super sick i love playing there and i used to play there a lot before the pandemic hit and when we got back to partying after the the quarantine i took a little bit of time to get back into curitiba like i was the, the first parties that were appearing was more like in the north of the yeah. country in the northeast in the middle there and i got a, a dm of a guy saying like Yo, why the fuck don't you come to Curitiba anymore? Don't you like Curitiba? Like, if you don't have, like, if you don't fuck with us, just, just tell us, like, yeah, something yeah. like that. Like, I was like angry about me, and I was like, bro, I need somebody to book me. Like, did I just like go to a random party, like, kick the DJ out yeah. of the booth and say, like, yo, guys, I'm gonna play today. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, it just doesn't work that way. No. And I remembered that, and I was like, all right, these people are asking for me to play in their countries. But most of them probably don't know how booking works. Yeah. I need to contact the agency and say, like, be like, if you have somebody to, to check the emails or, or, or like, try to get in contact with bookers totally. from those countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try to maybe, maybe try to get a gig in, in, in some of those places. Yeah. Thing is, I did a video on the same week in Rio, like two days after, I think. And it was me on the like in the room, yeah, saying like, "Yo, if you've seen this video, probably like because it went kind of viral like on the last week, on the last few days actually, and uh, you probably like if you're one of the people that are telling me to go to your country, to travel to your country to play there, uh, I need to explain to you how booking works. Yeah, usually." Um, the lineups, the parties are done by local people, local mm -hmm. promoters, and they like pick the lineups for the people that they want to see in the parties. If they don't know about me, because they probably don't, because I'm a kid from Brazil that just went viral on social media, basically. Yeah. So <laughs> they're not going to know who the fuck I am. 
the only way for them, like for me to be in your country is if they get to know about me. So if you show the stuff or if you ask them for like, that's how booking works. Like if you want to see an artist that you like, for example, if I really, really want to see my obscure artist that I found from Canada and I want to see him perform in Coachella because they deserve it and they're really good and they're really talented. If you like comment and more people comment in Coachella's posts about that artist, they're going to pay attention to it or at least check it out. And that started happening. Like the video worked and people started like sending offers and sending like emails to the agency and we started getting offers like from agencies also to work yeah. with us and for management like proposals and everything so it just kind of started from that organizing itself like in a in a quick period of time because after the the that first post all of the the posts were like going crazy almost going crazy like 700,000 views in 2 days mm, or that's wild a million views in 3 days then like we we did one once where we got to like I don't know like half a million views in one day like mm, bananas That's and it crazy. sits like now now on Instagram it sits at five million it was the second video that went the most viral Damn. which is me playing the classmatic track yeah, yeah and we started posting the the same style of content on Instagram because yeah. that was on TikTok the yeah. boom was on TikTok. I went from like, oh, that was crazy as well. Cause I went from 180 followers to like 300,000 followers in like two months. That's wild. Like, I don't know where on TikTok without having any previous following just because the video went viral. Yeah. Like out of nowhere. And you have like, it's you, that and, crazy. And the you never know. It's that crazy. You never know if it's going to go viral. We didn't know because like, it yeah. didn't. We already posted that video on Instagram. Yeah. It didn't go viral. Yeah. It performed well, but it didn't go viral. Mm. We posted it somewhere else. Boom. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like it's it's just about like how the algorithm works and how the aesthetic of content for that platform by mystery of the gods worked with my style totally. of video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the with the style of video from the crowd with the movement yeah, and yeah. the stuff like it's a short video we didn't think about any of that well this we is this like, is sorry to butt in but this is what i love about it is and this is what i was going to say is it's really authentic it's authentically you so it's like you don't have to think about no exactly which is the best way to make content is by being you like that you i could try and be you it's and i n- think it's the only way that actually like really rewards you like yeah. For real, like in a big way, because like if you're doing doing something like trying to force it to happen, it just, just doesn't seem to align in the same way, like in the same harmonic way. I don't know. Totally. Like, you know, well, it's, it, it's just be, it, like it's it's you like if you were to try and to emulate somebody else, another artist, it wouldn't feel right, which means that it, you wouldn't put your full heart into it which means that also would... if i stayed there like a like a, a clown like yeah. the whole show trying to it's not like that i don't no. i don't i don't do that even i'm getting comments like from people that are upset about they're going to the shows and they're like but he's not like moving all the time <laughs> i'm like of course i'm not moving all the time i have to teach it 
I'm gonna I'm like when I did a mix, I already mixed it in, already took the the like the other track out. If there's a moment where I'm gonna leave one channel playing yeah. for one minute and not do anything to the music and just let it play for a bit, yeah, I'm gonna enjoy it for sure. Exactly. I'm gonna enjoy it. Yeah. While I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> and that's when it happens, or when the crowd goes crazy, I'm yeah. also gonna go like crazy, crazy with yeah, it because yeah. I'm happy. But like people are starting to think like because of the and I think also that that comes from the the fast content one hundred percent thing yeah like the dopamine yeah. thing about like releasing dopamine quick 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 yeah. and again and again and again and again mm -hmm. and if you like get a dopamine moment in the set and you don't get one in the next twenty seconds it bothers you like it's not supposed to be like that well I like tell me if I'm wrong I want to keep going on to the story bit just a side thing like the way people the way parties in brazil happen is they go on for a much longer time than they do in america it's the yeah. same in europe they go on for a much longer time than they do in america so everything's not about the drop and it's not about the like the big moment it's not about you don't have to play the for the whole set like balls to the walls bangers yes. it's like you it sounds cliche as fuck but it's like you take you take the crowd on a journey and you have your ups and downs and peaks and troughs, which you don't get. You have that options in actually. Exactly. Yeah. You have options. Yeah. Because like if you're shrinked down to like a one hour set in a party that's gonna last for like five hours and everybody's gonna play like bangers, yeah. like only like like big stuff. Yeah. You're kind of stuck. Yeah. Like if you if you play stuff that's gonna sound like less energetic mm -hmm. in that context, you can like kind of screw it like yeah, yeah. kind of like take the energy level down on the crowd yeah and uh, it, if the party is longer if the, your set's longer then you have options you yeah, can like yeah. have a moment for them to chill and for, for like you can build contrast yeah that's gonna make a big moment again mm. that's why we have like a lot of screaming also yeah. like because like, in brazil I, I i see that when when drops and big moments happen it takes the crowd on a big reaction. Yeah. And then they progressively progressively go down and yeah. just keep dancing. Just a vibe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then another big moment comes in after like maybe one or two tracks, yeah, even yeah. or three tracks. Mm. Another big moment happens and they go crazy again for, yeah. for like 40 seconds and they mm. go down again. You know? Yeah. That's like the way it happens usually. Totally. Like no, I like it. It's it's a, it's a different dynamic. It took me a while to adapt to playing in the US. It's very different. It was, here. It's very different. Yeah, it's very different. It, the the thing is, I think you got to think they have the EDM culture culture that we didn't really have in any other countries so much. EDM was born in America pretty much and mm -hmm. most countries just kind of had a very short moment of EDM and then it just went back to how it was originally. But a lot of the promoters, a lot of the festival bookers, a lot of the the goers of the festivals of the clubs all grew up with edm which is all about the drops yeah. anyway it's i want to go back to i want to go back to the story so uh tiktok blew up and now it's instagram yeah and then we took the content to instagram but not in the same format that we this is going to be very very ironic look at this as i was saying we posted it on Instagram first. Yeah. Roughly in November. Mm -hmm. So this was the time where we, we did the post on Instagram. 
here. Yeah. It was a carousel. Yeah. Afterwards, it got a lot more comments because people were migrating from, of from TikTok to, yeah. to here. But yeah, we posted it in December, actually. Okay. And then TikTok was in January. Mm -hmm. Later. One month later than this post, roughly. This was a carousel post. It didn't go viral. Yeah. We posted a TikTok, which is like the vertical reels type yeah, yeah. of format. It went viral. Yeah. We went back into Instagram. We started posting reels. Yeah. And the reels started to get go viral. Mm -hmm. And Instagram grew bigger than my TikTok was. Really? Now, yeah. TikTok sits at, I think, 600, oh, 700, 700,000 followers. But Instagram is at a million already. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So when we got back to Instagram and, and started posting it in reels, it got crazy on yeah. the reels. And now the carousel posts are getting crazier than the reels. <laughs> really? Yeah. Look, a recent reel post. That's really if interesting. You get like, this one it went kind of crazy, but let's get like a recent one that, like this one. This has 180 comments. Yeah. This was the last carousel we posted. It has 1,997. <laughs> Going much crazier than the reels now. It's bananas. These platforms are just like two bananas. Really. So inconsistent for me. Like it's the same. They always they always have a, a clown in the hat, a, 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 a rabbit in the hat. Literally, just like telling you. Like Crazy. I post, I posted a video the other day of me at a photo shoot, and like for me, it did reasonably well. And then like you'll post, uh, you'll post a video of something else, and you're like. Well, that absolutely fucking bombed. Like, what's like? I might, as well, I might as well just delete it and post it again in a couple of hours because it might do something better. But it's like, it's like, it's just you just never know, never know. You, you never know. Do you do you stress about that? Not much because I like it got so big. What I that that's no 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 not at all. No. <laughs> it's just because like. Uh, why I, t I try to take each like there are DJs that just take video makers to specific gigs like yeah. I'm going to play an important gig I'm going to get a guy to to like go with me on this gig yeah. sometimes it's even better for you to have like just a friend or your like cousin with a camera but take him into every gig yeah and like maybe make him develop into a, a video maker totally for real, because like if you have them into every occasion, for me, like I never know when a crazy moment will happen. Yeah. On the set. I don't play the same set everywhere. Yeah. So I never know. Like there's some like there could be a day that I played a, a track that I never played from mm -hmm. from my, my my selection and it goes completely crazy. Yeah. If nobody's there to register that moment, I'm gonna lose it. Yeah. And like that's why I take the guys into into almost every trip like yeah. at least one of them with me so i can like make sure if something crazy happens i might have a video of it yeah like and why i don't stress about that is because we had the big video the big first one mm -hmm. and then we did a, a, a some others that were not as big but they were performing yeah. well and doing really good numbers and then we did another big one out of nowhere that we couldn't predict again. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah. And then the others here, here, and then we did another one out of mm-hmm. nowhere yeah. that we couldn't predict again with a different tune. Like, cause for, you don't know when it's, a, when it's going to go viral. Right. Cause you can play four sets and each, each, each one of them had a track that blew up really big on the set and you can get those four videos. Like one of them is going to just have something different about it. Yeah. Sometimes they were, they're all good videos about a good crowd reaction, but yeah. that's not all. Like there's, there's a random aspect of it that mm-hmm. you never know. And it just happens. Yeah. You know, like the, the Katuka video, the crowd reaction was not even like one of the craziest ones we had like around the globe yeah, on yeah, that yeah. day. Yeah. It was not even like the, the club wasn't fully packed. Yeah. It was like a, like a weekday that were, was kind of like not a, a good day for, for selling tickets yeah. or whatever in the, like in the end of the summer, it was, it was not like a, a crazy, crazy situation of a crowd reaction, like brah, like some stuff that I, that I seen around. But that video blew up way crazier than m- most of them. It was yeah, the second video that. that blew up the most. You just never know. Like sometimes it just you just film something and it goes and it works. It's amazing what TikTok's done to the industry and how it's kind of changed the industry. Um I've spoken to like multiple people on the podcast that, and I know multiple friends that it's just not even just in music, but like in life, it's just like they've posted something and it's just fucking gone. And you're like, that you can't replicate that. But what it can do for your life and your career is absolutely amazing. And you can't it's crazy. And you, I like you could you could have done, you could have told me will do exactly the same thing as what I'm doing, and I could post it and it won't do it. And I could have done exactly the same thing as you before you and it wouldn't have gone. And it just happened on that day. You posted it. You yeah. have the great content that looks very authentic to you and the algorithm just takes it and it goes. And it's like beautiful. what what I think came from that afterwards was like the the following the scheme of things was after we got like the management opportunities and everything, we started to get in contact and organize ourselves to really put like some of the vision that I had of this, of this aesthetics that I wanted, that I always wanted to do with the, with the project yeah. that I couldn't do because I didn't have like the platform. I didn't have totally the, the money to do it as yeah. well. Like I could now I have like a load of, projects and yeah. stuff that I, that I'm working on that I can work on mm-hmm. like and that's like the, the the coolest thing like that came yeah. out of like the the whole thing like for me is being able to do projects yeah you know like do do cool stuff do like shit. I wanted yeah, to yeah. do yeah yeah it's amazing like, it's it's so nice to see events, as well yeah like, do whatever like well, do, I think do, do I think also is like you're in a situation where it's not just music that you have the opportunity to do in a situation yeah. where you're at. You are like, you have as many followers as a, a lot of people that are extremely famous and that have extreme influence in the world. You can do amazing shit with that. Like you can change, totally. you can change the world. 
a lot of lives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what like. And I think that's I, a, I, that's an amazing opportunity to be in, right? Is that you can your influence can influence so many things in a positive way. Um, it in a negative way if you're a dickhead and you wanted to do that, yes. <laughs> However, funny. but like in a positive way, you can do a lot of really good stuff. And I, I think, I think it's very easy to like from an outsider's point of view going, oh, cool, he's going to be making a shit ton of money and he's going to be doing his thing. But like on a deeper level, which I believe in the time that we've been speaking, I feel like you can, you are that type of person. On a deeper level, you can just give so much more to the world. That's something like the video that blew up, I was playing a Pasa tune. And uh, when I met Pasa, like when we talked for the first time, we talked through social media. And we chatted about like what happened because yeah. it was crazy. Like the track went top top one of Beatport, like yeah. for for the genre for like a like multiple weeks again. Yeah. It was crazy. Like it just went bananas. And we were chatting about it, like talking about the stuff. I and I told him about uh, some of the hate that I was that I was getting because of the the movements and yeah. stuff and people like that were thinking that I was pretending that I was playing. Oh, I can see a headphone. I bet he's yeah, not yeah. mixing. Yeah. I bet he's faking it. He's just pressing play on a pre-recorded set yeah, and yeah. dancing, doing moves. Cause that's what sells these days yeah. and blah, blah, blah. That, that all, all that stuff. And Paulson was like, you shouldn't totally dismiss that. Yeah. You should try to like internalize that in a way that it makes it positive for you. Like whether is it, to make you a little bit more self-conscious, but not in a bad way, mm. like to make yourself better and like grow from do it. Do more and yeah. yeah, yeah. Or also like because sometimes people will say something and sometimes they will they they'll be right about it. Yeah. And you should have like humbleness to be able to take a few steps back and look at it and like ponder yeah. and, and do something about it. And what he said was also to to use this opportunity to create a bigger platform. He told me like, don't sign to a major label, create your own platform, yeah. like give opportunity to to other people, and like just give it to the culture. And it, it's it's what I wanted to do from from day one. Yeah. So like that's it. That's it. That's what I what I said about like doing projects. I can now like focus myself into like creating whether it's a label party that i'm gonna like put the artists that i believe in totally the stuff that, that that i think people should listen to that is hidden sometimes in brazil yeah. artists that are not like in the spotlight and that are doing excellent job you know like try to give opportunity for those to shine also to make like school projects yeah. like I, I always wanted to do like like a tedx type of talk thing talking production talking music talking yeah. djing with with the kids like even in, more in brazil because we we still have a country with with a very difficult situation for a big part of the population and of course we know that leads to more violence more crime and yeah. like if, if people have access to something that they think is cool yeah and they can like make them earn a leave a living without having to choose the 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 other way yeah that's that's amazing and that creates like that feeds also the culture like i think it also it, gives it gives people passed on yeah i think it gives people uh especially in brazil it's like that you're their own 
you've you've gotten out you've cracked it and and it shows people opportunity that they can also do that and Mm -hmm. and that's what a lot of people need to a certain extent people need that because it's very easy to look on the internet and see a non-brazilian person doing being successful because then it's like well yeah of course it didn't grow up in brazil but if a little kid sees your videos and he's like whoa he's from brazil like i can do that which is beautiful and also like something that i think like it's beautiful to see is the the networking that that i got to to experience this year mm. has given me the opportunity to also like send a lot of the stuff like connect more people like yeah. more artists like for example there's a guy from brazil called james c mm-hmm. james like j a m e yeah uh, space c and kids like he just turned 17 or 18 i no think way. yeah i know him since he was 16 he was sending me demos on soundcloud yeah and it was sounding amazing already when he was 16 mm. and i'm like dude that this is crazy like just, <laughs> we became big friends and yeah. he's my buddy and he did a remix recently of of a herbie hancock tune mm. um and i i finished the set in the torch on with the martinez brothers yeah with that tune because i wanted to show chris and stevie yeah, that yeah, tune yeah, yeah from him and he was there because he's doing an exchange program oh, in, in the u.s yeah so james C was there so he met the guys and now yeah. they're talking also like it's amazing he's he's probably gonna release something soon like i'm cutting heads i don't know like probably yeah it has a chance now like because he, he got in contact with those people and like making that link is something that's it just gives me a lot of pleasure to 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 be being to to be a part of like that process you know it's it's just a, an amazing feeling to be able to help people grow in the culture and also keep the culture going it's not all about you and it's not all about what Motrack wants to do and and make all the money for Motrack. It's Mojack. never gonna be always yeah. about me. No, because there's there's a time when there's a time when you yeah. can't do what you're doing, or when a time when you change your mind and what you want to do. But it's like if you give as much opportunity in a really authentic way, which it's not benefiting you. Like helping other people benefits you mentally anyway. Like it it does, and, mm-hmm. and scientifically it does. Yeah, and and I think it's a great meaning of life to have people around you that you really care for and you can give them an opportunity that they wouldn't have had before. It's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Like to see it unfold and like to see fruits coming from it afterwards, yeah. like, like it, it makes you proud at also like from that person, like you see that person, you see that, they're doing a good work. They they like deserve opportunity and that these they they deserve to be seen because they're doing something brilliant. And when you see like it unfolding, like you see other people yeah. like understanding their work as something beautiful as well and like consuming it as well. Mm. That 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 just makes me like proud and happy. Like, yeah, I love that. Also because 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 I I I love music like not not electronic music i like good music from any genre any everything i think there's good music and bad music everywhere in every Mm -hmm. genre yeah 
Like everything that that you will listen to, there's there will be good music and there will be bad music. Yeah. And I just love good music. I want more people to listen to more good music. Yeah. And when I see good music going forward, good music that wasn't being listened to going forward, it just brings me joy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like no, I totally agree. And this... I feel I feel like I'm I'm gonna be able to share more. You are like, about the stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You are. You've got a platform now that we all can. But the the amazing thing of the situation you're in is you have a fuck ton of people that are listening, and that's the most beautiful thing. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, and, and and sharing the sense also of like, for example, if there's a tune that I really love, and that has two thousand plays on that I found like on the radio of a random track on Spotify, yeah. and I just fell in love with the tune. And I show it to people during a set or and it's like a video happens or something happens. It just creates such a an interesting moment for me, like to be able to enjoy a tune that I really liked. Yeah. That no one knows with other people. Yeah. Now someone else knows. Mm-hmm. And now we can like listen to it together and think it's a fucking banger together. Yeah. You know, like, nah, for example, so the moment one of the one of the highlights from 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 that perspective of things was the the doing your thing video yeah. i don't know if you saw that i probably the, have but i can't remember it yeah it's 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 a, you know oliver s yeah oliver dollar yeah yeah, yeah oliver s oliver dollar <laughs> <laughs> oliver yeah. s yeah 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 oliver dollar he has this tune called doing your thing which is moody man's vocals yeah samples moody man the, yeah 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 exactly yeah. and I played this tune like in, in in a lot of sets. I really love the tune, especially when it's like a day occasion, like yeah, like a, a sunset. It's a vibe. It's a vibey record. Funky, yeah, yeah. Funky, funky, vibey record. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful piano melodies yeah. and, and stuff. The chords and blah blah blah. So I played this a couple of times. I had videos of it playing that tune already. And there's a part on the vocal where Moody Man says, um, I need a I need somebody to give me a CD or a vinyl or some talent from right here. Fuck yeah. the rest of the world. Fuck these motherfuckers. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. And I was playing in Argentina. And because of that, like, for example, that tune, it's it's quite like not old, old tune. It's from 2014, I think. Yeah, it's pretty, it's but pretty old. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of people from like young people that are going to parties or that, or that got into going to electronic music parties like in two years ago. They're not going to know that tune. No, no, no. And if I play that, I, I'm not going to get a reaction from someone who doesn't know that tune yet. Yeah. Or like on the first time sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Afterwards, they're, they're, they get to know it like sometimes and they they, they start enjoying it or sometimes even like because it's a really good record it will great. give a, yeah, a good yeah. reaction right on the first one but what i'm saying is after i posted a couple of videos of that this really good the, this really young girl comes into the front row while i'm playing it hops into the shoulder of her friend goes like almost into the booth hands out a freaking cd no way gives it to me like singing the tune <laughs> like that's so good it was it was one of the craziest moments yeah. i was like singing the tune and singing like mimicking the vocals and whatever having like fun with the people that already knew the vocals yeah. they just hops in grabs a cd hands it to me I'm, i was like looking at the size like i can't believe this is happening like really <laughs> it was super super crazy did you did you play the cd like it, it, 
No, nah, it, it, it didn't, didn't have anything on oh, it. Oh, it didn't it have anything like on it. Prop, just a blank CD. Prop CD. That's so yeah, good. Yeah, it was an old CD probably scratched yeah. and she yeah. wrote like some stuff on the CD. So like, good. But it was it was just a fun, jokey moment yeah. like, to have. And like that was something that that I got like able, I was able to do because of like the reach of the videos yeah. probably. 100 like living that moment yeah it's just fun as fuck yeah man i bet <laughs> you know? i bet i can't and that that was something for example if what if i didn't take the video makers to that gig i wouldn't have a video of that no. and that was a crazy ass moment how yeah. can you predict that how can you predict somebody's gonna hand out a cd because mm. they heard the tune that talks about it and thought about like you know when when he plays that tune i'm gonna hand out the cd like it's yeah it's too crazy of a moment. You have to have somebody filming it. Like, well, you never I also, know when it's gonna... I also think your video guys are really fucking good. Like there's there's they're dope. There's a lot of video guys out there, and this is no disrespect to them, but your like your video guys are very fucking good compared to a, <laughs> compared to a lot of them. And it's it goes back to that like being creative yourself as of being a creative videographer, being a creative photographer. Try to have ideas. Like, like and even like sometimes it, it it works as a happy accident. Exactly. This was also a happy accident yeah. because the idea that he had on the like that Nadai had on the first time was to make a twenty five yeah. minute sum up of different angles. Yeah. It was not even like just that thing that worked out and just happened. Yeah. You know, it was something else, and as a happy accident, as a consequence, you know, like That's great. You have to try to be creative and like get out of the comfort zone and like try to think different from what the people are doing. As cliche as it might sound, it's it's about that. Like that that's yeah. stuff that breaks a bubble. But that's also the same with music. It's the same with art. It's the same with mm -hmm. fashion. It's the same with everything. It's and yeah. this is kind of I harp on about this so often on this podcast and just to to, to like new people and it's like don't copy people. Don't copy them. Do it. like stop because it's it's not gonna get you anywhere it's and it, even more it's gonna fuck up the the environment a bit because well, it's if done you that already. somebody in a genetic way but why did i say it like with this accent in a genetic way if you copy somebody in a generic way and a lot of people start copying everybody in a generic way. It saturates that sound. Yeah. It will make people not want to listen to that quite often. Well, it's done and, that already, right? It's it's slowly yeah. doing that in, in certain genres. And yeah, it happens all the time, actually. Yeah. yeah the yeah. only way for it to stop happening is if people stop copying people. But I think what people do by copying is they're trying to get the success rather than actually yeah. do it for the authenticity of wanting to be the artist. Exactly. And that's what, what I was saying. Like, if you try to force it, yeah. it doesn't come. No. If you do it, like, just do it because because of yeah. the, the likes, your likes about it, then it's going to happen. Yeah. Like, even, even if what you're doing is nothing, sounds nothing like what's, popping on the radio nowadays who knows mm -hmm. you can experiment by mixing two blah blah blahs together and creating something that who knows if it's not going to be like the hottest thing in the world next year yeah we don't know no you don't and i think with the internet now is that 
something can pop off very strangely. Like for me, like even some even something challenging as fuck, like something that that sounds completely challenging to 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 whatever's popping at the moment because of the reach of the internet, it can yeah. it can, it can pop. get that proportion yeah. easily. It happened. It happened with me with my record, Rock with Me. Like it, I released it. I made that record in like thirty minutes. It was like Patrick asked me to write uh, another EP that was similar to the EP before that I released on Drake. I was like, okay, cool. So I I literally wrote that record in thirty minutes. Sent it to him like two weeks later because I didn't want him to think I literally just like threw it together, which I did. Um, they put it out. I thought it was probably going to do like 150,000 streams. It did about that. Four months later, three months later, like it's dead. Like no one's listening to this record. A few people are playing it, nothing. It then gets put number one on Techno Bunker and now it's at like 7 million, 7 million streams. And it's like... And you're just like, I could never, we could never have guessed that. We, we did nothing to yeah. keep that going. We were not trying to push that record. We had given up on that record. It was gone. Now it's like one of the biggest records in my sets. And you're like, and everyone plays it. And you're like, I couldn't. You know something funny? What's that? Have you noticed everybody's listening to Sticky Fingers album again? Yeah. The one that, the one that blew up already mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, all right, fans were still listening to it, but it was not like something present in everybody's playlist, no. daily playlist anymore. And now, it just out of nowhere, it just got back into yeah. being like a, f- a favorite from everybody, and everybody's listening to Sticky Fingers again. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it, you it, never it, predict it. Internet's just it just works in its own way. It's just it's like Kate Bush with with Netflix with um, Stranger Things, like the yeah. running up a hill, like that. She she didn't ever get a number one in on her in her whole career, and then it gets put on a show, and then it turns to number one. Like twenty Arthur Arthur twenty thirty years after it came out. There's a guy from Brazil called Arthur Verakai. Okay, who was like uh, uh, a composer and uh, an arranger. Mm. And he he used to do arrangements for musicians at yeah. the studio at the time and at a label, a record label. And one day he went to the guys and said, "Yo, can I can I do my own album here? Like just to check it out. If you guys like it, we can release it under the label or whatever." They're like, "Yeah, go ahead." And he did an album called Arthur Verakai. Yeah, it's self-titled. Um, and it's just, like the guys were like, "Yo, this is kind of like too crazy of a sound for us." Like, I think that you're kind of too. Mm, I don't know if this is gonna sell. We're not yeah. gonna put any money into promoting it. You can put it to sell in the stores, but we're not gonna promote or yeah. put any post money into it. We don't think it has a single or whatever. Old story, right? <laughs> Classic. So he released it. It stood in shelves for years and years and years and years. This was in the seventies. Yeah. And then one day he got a call because Ja Rule wanted to sample one of the tunes. Yeah. And he just let him sample the tune. It, the tune just went bonkers. Yeah. And like everybody started sampling that album. Mm-hmm. And now Afterwards. he makes arrangement. Uh, yeah. And now he makes arrangement for hip hop artists wow. and beat makers doing like strings. Crazy and, shit. And, yeah, and, yeah. 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 Like doing orchestral stuff for them. Is, is 
You just have he to be doing never it. never predict it. No, yeah, never. and he and he did that, that album because he loved it. Yeah. The way he the way he did it was the way he wanted to do it. Yeah. Regardless of yeah. market or whatever, blah blah blah. And for some people, it happens in a month. Yeah. For some people, it takes twenty five years or yeah. whatever. But it can happen. Like it's it's random. You can never predict it. No. But it it can happen. Just do it. Just that, do it. That is the like case. It. It, it is just fucking yeah. just just do what it, it's very easy to say from two people that have a career in it. But it mm-hmm. is just just do it and it will eventually happen. When the time's right, you'll somebody will be like, Go on then, have a go. And it's and it does it. But we have a career today. We didn't start with a career no. also, like no, exactly. I bet when you started out, like you didn't have a career still and nope. you had to like do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. Because you liked it, and it's still and so then stuff and, will 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 come from it. And we're both in the same situation where it's like we we're fortunate enough that we have a career, but it's still not where we both want it. It's like still a long way from where we want it. And I mm-hmm. like I I can only say that for myself, but I'm pretty sure it's the same for you. Um, and it's the same for a lot of our friends and peers in the industry. Is like mm-hmm. it's how do we grow from where we're at? And that is the the situation. Is that it? takes time and it takes a lot of work a lot of work takes ideas takes brainstorms yeah. takes a lot of stuff takes processes takes you getting maybe down again about something 100%. else to make 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 another yeah another shift of of thought and like you know sometimes it takes a lot of music to get into the other music as you said one. like yeah yeah man i love it dude we've just, just done keep, we just have to keep doing it because we like to do it exactly exactly um we've just done an hour and 40 minutes i think we could probably keep talking for another four hours but i think we should wrap it up because <laughs> i think people will get bored yeah yeah um true. <laughs> mate, i'm i'm really happy for you like genuinely really Thank happy you, for you and like keep it up it's, it. it's really nice to see what you've done um just keep it up and like just keep that head strong and keep going man keep going thank you man thank you i for appreciate com- it I'm, I'm a big fan of your stuff and it's such a crazy opportunity to be able to have like a deep talk with you like and like so many cool subjects and can't wait to to, to see you in person likewise, we, gotta, we gotta do something when, when when i when i go there yeah likewise when when we're in the same city let's let's for sure and you're like <laughs> if you've ever got anything coming out want to talk about it you're more than welcome to come on here whenever you want um for sure. But yeah, keep in touch. And uh, thank you so much, man. Big love. Keep safe. Thank you. Man. Peace. Thank you. You too. Love that one. It's really good. Thanks so much to uh, Mojack for coming on. Hope you all enjoyed it. Share it. Subscribe. Keep safe. See you next time. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, are you a super fan of Taylor Swift, Jelly Roll, or Morgan Wallen? Are you that song nerd who likes to dive into every little lyric of every little song and figure out what everything means? Do you want to take that a bit further, though? Because I have a podcast called Songwriter Soup, and it dives into the journey of a songwriter and how those people help craft the soundtrack of your life. I'm Laura Veltz. 
and I'm bringing all of my friends together to discuss our funny little job writing for all of your favorite artists. Listen to Songwriter Soup wherever you get your podcasts.